0: Hi there, Jacob Gelzo again on my podcast for Dr. Block's class, EDU 415, uh, Classroom Management at Metropolitan State University. This week's episode is talking about Module 13, and that is Resistance and Student Resistance in the Classroom. When I think about Resistance and Classroom Management... um, This is one of the first things that had come to my mind when I thought about managing a classroom um, because that's what I've seen the most and experienced the most in urban classrooms is the resistance uh, of students um, not wanting to participate in activities or transitions, uh, rules, expectations, et cetera, et cetera. so when I think about classroom management, I think about managing student resistance. And so I don't know if that's maybe the correct like way to think about it. But when I had initially started with this class, that's what my one of the biggest things that I've wanted to take away from this course is um, how to manage that resistance and how to do my best to alleviate a lot of those. Um, stresses and opportunities of um, undesirable behavior, uh, also known as resistance. So the two articles for today, uh, I just wanted to talk about in brief. The first one, The Responsive Classroom, um, I I liked it. Uh, I think it's great that an article that was published in 2013 is still applicable today, in, in my opinion, at least, from what I gathered from the reading. Um, the, the one little section that I really appreciated was, uh, towards the beginning there, was the um, portion that was talking about how to teach, how to disagree respectfully. Um, in my opinion, uh, in this nation, in, the, in country, culture, um, we've kind of lost that ability to do, disagree respectfully. In my opinion, whether it's on social media or um, big, you know, news television media, um, uh, oftentimes we see politicians um, disagreeing in a disrespectful way, and I think that 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 behavior, um, to some extent, has kind of been perpetuated, unfortunately. Um, so, I, I personally would really, I really liked this little nugget about. Um, how to teach or to disagree respectfully? Um, we live in a really, uh, you know, heterogeneous world, and there are so many people coming from very, you know, different walks of life, backgrounds, cultures, religions. Um, so it's it's naive to like think that everyone's going to agree with one another. And so, um, talking about having having that you know, that safe classroom culture and um, respectful learning community. Uh, Obviously, I think this kind of goes hand in hand with that and um, being it's okay to disagree. um, But in the way in which you do it is extremely important. And it's it's important to me because um, when we talk about, you know, different whether it's a history class or a geography class or Um, a world religions class, or whatever class that I may be teaching in the social studies sphere, um, it's important to remember that there are those different um, opinions, those are those different ideals and cultures. And so um, it's something that I find really important to be able to disagree respectfully, whether it's with your friends or people you don't even know. So um, I find it important to have that and and it's great to read that this is also something that can help um, quell uh, defiance um, or behavioral deviance in the classroom. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, I. Um, you had kind of talked about it briefly. I can't remember if it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago, Dr. Block, but um, kind of a, not necessarily a stand your ground, but the in the latter portion of this article, um, it talks about avoiding uh, or avoid negotiating in the moment. Um, and that just, I was kind of mentally connecting that to what you had read or what you had said, rather, um, to us about two or three weeks ago I uh, about how you need to kind of, um, like I said, not, not necessarily like stand your ground, but kind of hold a firm position and not kind of um, waver kind of in your expectation or your um, response to um, defiance or um, a student that's not meeting expectations. Um, the second article uh i thought was as insightful if not more so um i'm not familiar with david gublar uh or the chronicle vitae um but it's probably something that i'm going to look into going forward um given that even though this is such a small snapshot of what he had to offer i've i found it very insightful so um So I've I really liked his um, kind of open open candor approach um, I I think naturally I'm a more conservative or reserved guy but I think that in terms uh, for the betterment of this of um, students it, it's much better to be um, as he states upfront about um, where you're going um why you're why you've designed the class this way um that's one of the most common answers uh that i've heard in terms of like classroom defiance is like why so to to like be ready or have kind of some research or that kind of card in your back pocket to play and say like this is why we're doing this um And there's a lot of great things behind this. We're doing this um for you guys, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And and then kind of in continuation of that, that I really also enjoyed the be open piece about um again explaining explaining yourself even though you may not necessarily have to, or you're maybe you um you shouldn't, but you're doing it anyways, um, for the betterment of the students. And so, um, I, I like that approach about kind of having, uh, laying, you know, nearly all of it out on the table to, you know, show and tell your students like, Hey, you know, this is, this is where we're going. This is what I really want to do for you guys. And, um, and we're in this together. Um, and so I feel like if, if students feel that you're being you know genuine and authentic and open, um, Then they're less likely to kind of harbor some ill feelings or um, whatever else, and and have kind of that um, those kind of underlying or um, subliminal feelings against you, which makes it easy for easier for them to be defiant. Um, His last piece uh, that really is, um, I don't know kind of sealed it up in a nice bow for me. And that was to lecture sometimes. Sorry, excuse me. Um, lecturing sometimes. So uh, in my experience, at least in history and social studies courses, um, a lot of the teaching has been done in that lecture style type of format, um, usually with some kind of visual aid or component to go along with the uh, verbal instruction given by the teacher or instructor. So um, I really like this idea about the last 10 minutes of, uh, if anything, you know, if, if you're going to have an active classroom, which um, has been promoted and we've talked about, and I've experienced at, um, at Metro State and in other uh, settings is um, kind of kind of circling back almost and having that 10 minutes of review where the teacher is, is verbally, you know, confirming or reaffirming what is what was kind of expected to be learned today. Um, and then also provide maybe a small opportunity to tie in what was learned previously, what was learned today, and then maybe even give a little snapshot or insight into what, um, is going to be learned, taught going forward. Um, so yeah, for me, that, that last uh, little stanza about lecture sometimes, I thought that was great. I think that um, I know that it's not the be-all end-all as I've experienced and learned um, through my observations and, <clears throat> and other things here is that um, it's more and more teachers are deviating away from it and I completely understand it because um, not all students are like me and And I must admit, initially, I wasn't even that responsive to the, you know, three-hour lecture. And so um, I know that it's really important to differentiate the instruction. But I think sometimes students still need to have things um, told to them, for better or for worse, however that sounds. I know that that can be done in many different modes and medias. And and so, like I said, that's not going to be my... um, premier teaching philosophy or anything like that, but I really do uh, like this kind of 10-minute recap, if you will, and is something that I'll definitely think about going forward to implement in my own feature instruction. That's all I've got uh, for this week for Module 13. Thanks so much for listening.